And now, another timely and powerful message from Pastor Emmanuel Williams and Imitators of God Ministries, Colossal Vivacious Church in Tallahassee. You know, next week is Palm Sunday and the following week is Easter. Next week, not this Sunday, the following week is Easter. I want to start a two-part sermon on uh, a sermon entitled Lessons from Palm Sunday Narrative. Just a few lessons from Palm Sunday Narrative. Amen. And so because it's going to be longer than 45 minutes, we have communion. I can only speak for 35 minutes today. I'll continue next week. Amen. And so I want to discuss with you just a few lessons the Lord laid on my heart as we commemorate the event, this event in the life of Jesus. Many of you are aware, are aware that next week, starting next week Sunday, almost 2,000 years ago, that was Jesus' last week on earth before he died. Mm -hmm. Almost 2,000 years ago. Next week Sunday, starting. But today, we are starting today. Amen. The, the account of Palm Sunday, as you know, observed the entrance of Jesus into Jerusalem as a savior. You know, Jerusalem is the city of the king. We have the king coming in into the city of the king. Amen. Fortunately for us, the, the Palm Sunday narrative is in all four Gospels. It's in Matthew. It's in Mark. Luke. I missed one. John. Amen. Slight variations, but it's in all the Gospels. And I say this because that's how important Palm Sunday is to us as Christians. Many of you know next week, Thursday, he'll be arrested 2,000 years ago, crucified and buried the following day, Friday, and rose triumphantly the next day. Praise the Lord. You can feel the presence of the Lord 2,000 years ago, the victory he got for us. Amen. Now, each gospel writer was led by the Holy Ghost to emphasize different aspects of the events as they unfold during the week. I want you to stay with me. Amen. It's a lot of information. I cannot get into the detail, but I needed to share with you the lessons. And so bear with me. Amen. If you do, this sermon will be online so you can get a link to it. Amen. So, as I said, each of the gospel writers under the influence of the Holy Spirit emphasizes different aspects of the events for the week, the Palm Sunday week as they unfold. For example, only John communicated that it was palm trees that were cut and waved as Jesus rode into Jerusalem. Matthew didn't mention that to us. Mm -hmm. Luke did not. Neither did Mark. Only Matthew, sorry, only John, sorry, said to us. Can you go to John chapter 12 verse 13? Let's read it. John chapter 12 verse 13. Only, and I'm going to show you the difference in all the gospels. John said, they took branches of palm trees. That's not said in Matthew, Mark, or Luke. Only in the book of John. And went forth to meet him and cried, shouted, Hosanna. Blessed is the king of Israel that cometh in whom? The name of the Lord. You'll only find palm trees. In the book of John. That's why it's called Palm Sunday. Only Matthew. Let's get to Matthew now. Only Matthew mentioned a donkey along with a colt. None of the other writers mentioned that Jesus came into Jerusalem riding on a donkey. On a colt. A colt is a young donkey. A baby donkey. The mother was there. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> but Jesus rode on a baby donkey. What a powerful lesson. I'm not sure if we'll have time to get into it. But it's a powerful lesson of humility. Mm -hmm. The Bible says by humility is what? Life on a... That's what the, the Bible says. It's a very powerful story. Can you imagine a king coming in on a horse? No, back then kings rode... Sorry, can you imagine a king coming in on a donkey? Back then kings rode on not only horses, but the tallest horses they want people to see that i'm in charge and i'm in control oh not jesus when you know you got it going on you don't need to prove to anybody that you are the king of kings because one day everybody's going to know that he is the king of kings hallelujah and he did that because he had you and i in mind the church age needed to come and so he came, yes, as king, not to conquer Rome. There is something more powerful to conquer than Rome. And that is sin in our lives. That's why he came for the first time. To conquer, to give you and I the power. So we won't be slaves of the devil. So he came as a king, lowly. Can somebody say humble? Humble. humble. You know that's a curse word in Christianity, humbleness. In some Christian circles, don't you say that word? No, 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 no. You, can I be honest with you, brothers and sisters? I pity some of us. Some of us will never leave our, our calling because we are not humble. Let, let me share with you what one of my leaders said to me. He said to me, Emmanuel, throughout all my years, any and everybody I've seen promoted, God used a human being to do it. It had never struck me. It, I, I've never seen it. He said, any and everybody, God used somebody to promote that person. Even if the Bible says in Psalm 75, verse 6 and 7, promotion doesn't come from the south, east, or west, but it comes from the Lord. Notice he didn't say north, because God lives in the north. You, you know that song? Uh, it says, uh, on the sides of the north, the city of the great king. It is a scripture. It's Mount Great is our king and greatly to be praised. In the city of our God, in the mountain of his holiness. Beautiful situation, the joy of the whole earth. It's Mount Zion. God lives up north somewhere in the black hole. That's not in the Bible. That's just from me for years. Reading about the scientists who are trying to get into the black hole. And they just cannot get there. And when I read the Bible, the Bible says that God covers himself with darkness. Because he's, he's, as he lives in, he's a blinding light. And he covers himself in darkness to help us out. Mm -hmm. So that black hole, that darkness, that's where he is. He's trying to help us out. Anybody who penetrates, they'll die. That's why they cannot go. That's my, that's my philosophy. That's my theology. Amen. We all are entitled to our own opinion. Right, Mr. Webb? <laughs> and he said to me, he said, Son, I need you to settle down. Mm -hmm. And respect and hum be, be humble. Change my life. Because, you know, people just say, ah, God is going to promote me. He's going, to, he's going to come from heaven and say, You are. No, he doesn't do that. He doesn't shout from heaven and say, You will be. No. He uses human beings. 
And that is why the Bible says we are to esteem one another more highly than ourselves. Change my life. Change my life. Amen. Glory be to God. So we said only Matthew said that Jesus wrote on a colt a young donkey. I'm gonna I'll deal with it later. Only Mark stated that no one had ever ridden on that donkey. On that only Mark said no one. Can you go to Mark chapter 11 verse 2? Mark chapter 11 verse 2. It says, And saith unto them, Go your way into the village. Jesus is talking to the two disciples over against you. And as soon as you be entered into it, you shall find a cold tide whereon never man sat. Only Mark said that. John didn't say that. Neither Matthew. Neither Luke. And there's a reason why I'm identifying the differences in the gospel. Because there is a, there is a, for some reason in Christendom, there are some scholars who think that this is inconsistency. But I'll show you the beauty of this in a while. Amen. Now, Mark says it was only, no man had written on that quote. Uh, Mark said it was a brand new Cadillac. <laughs> Just, amen. Just something new. Praise the Lord. Amen. He's already coming on a donkey. After all, can it be a new donkey? <laughs> the king of kings. Luke omits about trees being cut. I think Luke was an environmentalist. I think he was a, pres a preservationist. He likes green. So any idea of cutting trees, that's just a joke, amen? Any idea of cutting trees just nauseated him. He said, no way. And so he never mentioned anything about cutting trees. He only stated in Luke 19, 36, as he went, they spread their clothes in the way. That's all he said. As he went, that's all he said about, amen, with respect to Jesus' entry in, in Jerusalem. Now, are these inconsistencies? According to some naysayers, no. It is what I call Variety is the beauty of variety. The beauty of variety, saints. With God, I found out you've got to work to bring the accounts together. Let me say that again. You've got to work to bring the accounts together. You become who you were born to be in the process of discovery. Oh God, I give you. Are you getting what I'm saying? That's who that's how you develop. Most of us want to skip the process. And if you skip the process, you'll never arrive at the person you were born to be. And so the Holy Ghost said, I'm going to give them some work to do. I'm not an enabler. I'm going to ensure that they bring the accounts together, study it, and enjoy the variety of what I'm trying to communicate. It is not an inconsistency, but it's an opportunity for us to grow. Mm -hmm. It's an opportunity for us to do what? Too many Christians have turned off. Let me say it slow. Too many Christians have turned on their hearts and shut off their brain. Let me say it another way. Too many of us Christians, we've turned on our hearts and we shut our brain down. Well, not so with God. You've got to earn it. You've got to earn it. Mm -hmm. You've got to what? Earn it. There are two words you can get from God. Anybody can tell me, I've said it a couple times. Only two words you can get from the word G-O-D. 
Go do. Thank you so much. Only two words. It doesn't matter how you look it. Only two words you can get from God. Go do. Amen. Now let's look at Matthew's account and let's just walk through it line by line. Amen. And I want to identify two principles, two lessons from Palm Sunday. I think that's very important. Matthew chapter 21 verse 1. Matthew 21 verse 1 to 11 gives the account. And so let's just go through the account quickly. I have identified the differences, but let's get into the meat of it. And when they had drew nigh unto Jerusalem, Matthew 21 1, and will come to Bethage, Mm-hmm. I think it's called Bethagi. That's some some people pronounce it. Unto the Mount of Olives, then sent Jesus two disciples. So they were on their way to Jerusalem. They came to a city called Bethage, and right there, Jesus released his two disciples and said to them, And Bethage is in the immediate vicinity of Mount Olive. Amen. And Jesus sent two disciples, saying, verse 2. Go into the village over against you, and straightway you shall find an ass tied. Amen? And a colt with her. So it's a female donkey and a baby donkey. Mm -hmm. So Jesus said, you're going to find two donkeys. A colt, a young donkey, and her mother. Loose them and bring them unto me. And he said, if any man, the word man is not there, any, King James, Amen. Fail to italicize the word. Sometimes they grace us and let us know man is not there. Amen. By italicizing the word. So it should read, if any say uh, if any say aught unto you, you shall say, The Lord hath need of them. And straightway he will send them. You know that's a sermon. The Lord hath need of you. But let's move on. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. He said. He said in verse 4, all of this was done, Matthew, under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. He's telling us why that was done. I'm getting to my point. He's telling us why the story is unfolding the way it is unfolding. All this was done that it might be what? Fulfilled, verse 4, which was spoken by the prophet. Uh -huh. So he's saying that Jesus had to come to Jerusalem. On riding on the colt of an ass because it was written by the prophet. I'm about to make a point here. <laughs> saying, what did the prophet say? Verse 5 tells us, the prophet is saying, tell you the daughter of Zion. Behold, thy king cometh unto thee. Meek, how is he coming? Meek. And sitting upon an ass, and my, my apologies if that word, let's use donkey instead, amen? Some of you, you say that word, oh my God, you cannot breathe. It's in the Bible, I'm not, amen? It's in the Bible. Well, let's use donkey, lest you offend anybody. Praise the Lord. Of a donkey and the colt, or the baby of a donkey. Mm -hmm. Why did Jesus have to ride down to Jerusalem on a donkey, on the baby donkey? Because it was what? Prophesied. <laughs> Woo, glory be to Jesus. It was what? Prophesied. And this is my first point to you this morning. 
Palm Sunday is a time for the fulfillment of prophecies. Yeah. We are in a time where now in 2022, many of you have been got, have been gotten have gotten prophecies in the past. 2020, 2021, 2019, 2018. This is the season for the manifestation of the prophecies spoken to us. Let me tell you, brothers and sisters, some of you have been told some really good things. Mm-hmm. Some really good, good things. Thus saith the Lord by him, great men and women. But my point here this morning is, it is not your responsibility to make it come to pass. Amen. Amen. Let me say it again. It is what? It is what? It is not our responsibility to make it come to pass. If it's of God, it will come to pass. Amen. That's why we keep singing, I believe in you. You are the God of miracles. If you really spoke it through the men and women of God, I don't have to work to make it come to pass. Because I believe in you. You are the God of miracles. Let, let me show you where and how it was prophesied. 5,500 years before Jesus came into Jerusalem, a prophet, a little prophet called Zachariah, in the backside of a little village, prophesied. 500 years. How long was it? Oh, hold on. <laughs> How many years? 500 years. The prophecy was given and time passed by and like nothing was happening. And you know what happens? Sometimes one time is passing by. And nothing is happening. All of a sudden, we think we have a part to play. I know. I don't know about you. I'm talking about me. I thought I had to a part to play. Mm -hmm. But the Bible says about David that until his word came, the word of the Lord tried him. Mm -hmm. there, there has to be some time. Ah, glory be to Jesus, because God has timing. The right people have to be in place. The right situation has to be in place. The right church has to be there. The right man has to be there. The right woman has to be there. This is the time for the fulfillment of prophecies. And you know how you know what unfortunate how you know what can be very unfortunate? We can get in the way of our of our prophecies fulfilling our lives. Yes, we do every time. We get ahead of God. We get into the way. Mm -hmm. And mess up our prophecies. Because we have our own will, our own way, our own way of how things should go. I told the church on Wednesday that God is a God of what? Order. We have to, you know, I never understood that. Never. I never, in my, somebody brought me under. Well, let me not say I never understood that. No, I do. But in my young days, in my early 21, 22, I, it's just, let's praise God, let's pray. And a pastor came to me, said, you have, said, you have zeal without knowledge. Brought me aside and said to me, you have so much potential. I want to show you something about God. He brought me into Genesis and he said to me, look right here. The world was topsy-turvy, void, darkness, water over, over all the earth. And God said, before I can do anything, before I can do any constructive work, I got to put it in order. And he said, if God is going to do any constructive work in your life, and he said, do you know how I know that? Because I was like that. 
He said, God takes no shortcut. He said, you can, he said, son, you can go with God or listen to other people. <laughs> uh, God, I give you praise. He said, you can go with God or listen to other people. Now is the time, brothers and sisters, for the what? Fulfillment of prophecy. Can you go to Matthew chapter, let's go to uh, John chapter 12. Let's see the very same thing. John chapter 12, quickly, verse 14. John chapter 12, verse 14. Mm -hmm. And Jesus, the same, John is commenting on the same week of the, of, um, of, uh, the same week of Palm Sunday. But this is how John put it. John said, and this was done, sorry, sorry. And Jesus, when he had founded a young donkey, sat thereon as what? As it was written. As it was what? Written. So as it was written, where? That it might be fulfilled, where? This is where. This is where. Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9. Let's see what Zechariah said 500 years before Jesus came to Jerusalem on the donkey. Let's see what he said. Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9. Mm -hmm. You got it? Praise the Lord. It says, rejoice greatly. O daughter of Zion, how, how should we rejoice? That's it. That is rejoice greatly. I mean, don't you worry, folks who tell you heaven is quiet. Or you're supposed to be quiet in praising God. No, that, that's not true. That's not Bible. It may look proper. Let me say it. It may look what? Proper. But nothing proper gets anywhere. We, well, let me, when it comes to praise and worship, you got to rejoice greatly. And greatly here means mega, loud. Mm -hmm. Praise the Lord. You got to make a sound because that's what warriors do when they were at war. The Christian life is a fight. You, as soon as you enter, glory be to God. Amen. You got to say what God says and do what God did and think like God, move like God. Are you getting what I'm saying? Amen. Glory be to God. Especially in these last days. You've got to let these demons know you cannot push me around and tell me what to do, what you want. No, I'm going to use my authority. So he said, rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. He said what? Shout! In case you don't understand what rejoice means. He just doubled down. <laughs> <Are you? laughs> Glory be to God. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. And he's telling you why to shout. Behold, your king cometh unto you. He comes unto you, and this is how he is. He's what? He's just. <laughs> having salvation. He's not only just and having salvation, he's what? Lowly. He's humble. He's humble. And he's riding upon a donkey and upon the colt, the fall of a donkey. 500 years before Jesus rode down into Jerusalem. It was prophesied that he would come just as the prophet said. Uh-huh. But he tells us a little more about him. He's just. Uh, he has a package with him called the salvation package. Hallelujah. <laughs> Woo, 
Woo, glory be to God. Hallelujah. Thank God for the salvation package. Hallelujah. Glory be to Jesus. Hallelujah. Unfortunately, many of us have just settled for fire insurance from that package. Fire insurance. All we do, we know we are going to heaven and that's it. In the package, there is healing. There is a prosperity. There is a... That, that's the package. That's in the package. But we, we say, I'll settle for fire insurance. Amen. I just want to escape hell. Forget the rest in the package. The, <laughs> the parable, you remember the parable of uh, the dinero? Or I think they call, I'm trying to get the name. But you remember when God gave one dinaris? Yeah, he gave one five. Give one the talent. Yes, thank you. The talent I'm looking for. Thank you. He gave one talent. He gave one one. He gave one five. He gave one ten. Do you know this is talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And one day he come, he's coming to account for what you did with the gift of the Holy Ghost that's in you. Are you getting what I'm saying? He, that's, what, that's what he's talking about. He's referring to the end time when we stand at the great, at the judgment seat of Christ. And when everybody has to come down the line at the judgment seat of Christ and God is going to ask you, what did you do with the gift I gave you? Not only did I give you prophecy after prophecy to unlock the gift that's in you. What did you do? <laughs> oh, you got to like live with that perspective. That's why Paul was so busy. Paul knew he had to stand before God by himself. And when you stand there, your boys won't be there. You can say, well, me and my dog. We'll... No, 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 no. You're going to say, well, me and my boo. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. My wife thought she and I would hold hands and go before God. I said, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, we can do it in the mall. Amen. <laughs> but on that day, you are now his bride. And a man wants to be with his bride, nobody else. <laughs> the reason why we get so many prophecies it's because God is trying to tell us, you're born for more. Mm -hmm. I'm encouraging you so you can start positioning yourself. Start doing what? Positioning yourself so that the gift could start working. And you cannot put yourself in the right route on the way. So I can open up a door for you to use the gift. Since because they had a responsibility, God gave them the gift. They had to go multiply it. Mm -hmm. they, had to, they had a responsibility. You and I, we have a responsibility. Mm -hmm. Do you know the best place to start? Start at Matthew 6.33. What is Matthew 6.33? Can you bring it up quickly? Matthew 6.33 says what? But do what? That, that's where to start. Sick. Do you know what sick means? It sick means to engage in a deliberate, intentional, careful search. It's not something you do on Monday and uh, you forget Tuesday. Oh my God, I have to come Friday. No. 
<laughs> oh, you're executing, you're, you're executing methodically. I know what I'm doing. I know why I'm doing it. And I have a certain expectation. Mm -hmm. isn't, isn't that wonderful? And as you position yourself, the Bible says you will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way. Walk in it. <laughs> what he said, you will hear a voice behind you saying what? This is the way. Walk in it. This is the will you've been asking me about. Walk in it. Because I have put people, I've touched people's heart to work with you because it's not something you can do by yourself. We need one another. We need to get us an us mindset. Yeah, we Christians, we are too divided. We need an us, a together mindset. That's what's been hindering the church. We don't have an us mindset. It's me, myself, and I. The last person who spoke like that was the devil. He said, I will ascend and I will take over. Christians are still saying that today. I, 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 I. I hear that and, and, and all of a sudden I know, I just cannot go give that person. The mindset, this person has to be renewed. I just, there is nothing much I can do. Jesus needed the disciples. Let me say, Jesus needed whom? The disciples. He needed them. He was about to pass on the ministry to the disciples. That is why he went to get Peter. He went to restore Peter. He never, the Bible didn't tell us where they met. But the Bible said, Jesus went to restore. The man Peter gave up and Jesus came for him. Because when Peter saw how he was humiliated, and Peter said, I know this man. I saw him walked on water. He said, I stepped out on water. Now this man has been crucified naked in front of everybody. A public humiliation. But Jesus said, don't you be offended at me. Because not, that's not the last of me. <laughs> hey God, I give you praise. I'm doing that for the church. But that's not the last one day. Revelation chapter 19 says. He's going to come. And he has a vesture. It's my king of kings. Lord of lords. Oh that day is coming. Hallelujah. <laughs> oh God I give you praise. Hallelujah. Uh, that's why we love him so much. Because. He. Took the blow I should have gotten. There is a song that said he paid a debt he did not owe. I owed a debt I could not pay. I needed someone to wash my sins away. And he stepped in and he took my place. I should have been on the cross, but he came and took my place. Hallelujah. Oh God, I give you praise. That's why I serve him with all my heart, all my mind, all my soul. I know what a wretched person I am. Oh God, I give you praise. God, I give you praise. Hallelujah. And then he gave me a gift. He gave me power and authority. He didn't have to, but he did. Hallelujah. Thank God he walked down. 
strong Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. Oh God, we thank you. Thank he knew that he was going to be arrested. Hallelujah. He's more concerned about the fulfillment of the word. You just sabah. Are you getting what I'm saying, saints? Jesus is more concerned about fulfilling his father's word. (laughs) Oh God, we give you praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. More concerned about fulfilling prophecy. Than his own dignity. Because he has you and I in mind. Oh God, I give you praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Since this is the season for the fulfillment of prophecy. You hear me? You and I, this is the season. Oh God, I give you praise. You got to tell the devil, I ain't going, excuse my vernacular. I am going nowhere. Some good things have been prophesied in my life. And I'm not dying before I see them. They will come to pass. They will come to pass. They will come to pass. Oh yes, oh yes, oh yes. Oh yes, oh yes. I'm going nowhere. They will come to pass. Oh yes, yes. Hallelujah. God, we thank you. We give you praise. First Timothy 1.18. Paul, Paul told Timothy, you've got to war. This is how we told him to fight. He said, this I charge you. This is not a suggestion. It's a command. He told Timothy, this I commit unto you, son Timothy. According to the what? The prophecies which were... <laughs> Oh God, I give you praise. He said some good things were said about you. Some, he said, I spoke in your life. I know the potential that's in you. He said, this is how you fight. You fight based on the prophecies. You open up your mind and you tell yourself first because yourself will take you out. You got to tell yourself, hey, 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 some good things were said about me. God spoke into my life. I heard God and it was confirmed in the mouth of one or two witnesses. It will happen. Oh, tell yourself it will happen. It will happen. It will happen. In this lifetime, in this lifetime, it will happen. God will open up a door for me. God will make a way for me. If I got to start over, I will start over. Oh God, we give you praise. He said, according to the prophecies which went before you, that thou by them might war a good warfare. Yeah, yeah. The warfare means fighting against your own inclinations. Yeah, because you are your first enemy. Yeah, your body, your mind will bring up your past and tell you you don't deserve it. You don't worth it. Look where you fail. Look what they said about you. Uh huh. Look at yourself in the in the mirror. Do you think you amount to anything? Tell him yes. 
<laughs> hey, tell him I know what God said about me. Hey, the Bible says in Ephesians 2, 6 that we are seated in heavenly places with Christ. Where are we seated? Tell you, in heavenly places. What can I do? Philippians 2, 13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Hey God, who I am, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Tell yourself that, tell your mind that. You know how many times I have to tell myself that over the years? Because I'd failed over and over and over. And I came here, five of us came here to get a PhD. I've never said that, I'm going to say it, I'm testifying quickly. Five of us left and came here to get a PhD and we said we're going back to run the country. Four of them got a PhD and left. I didn't at the time. And I was embarrassed because they kept calling me. Have you graduated? I said, no, I'm halfway. Lie. Humiliated. God took my life another way. And I'm afraid to tell them I'm a preacher. I'm afraid to tell them God. You see, because back, back then, having that degree makes you feel important. And everybody think you're important. And I had forgotten that I have to stand before one person and that is Jesus Christ. Amen. See, I had forgotten that. I, I don't have to stand before any human being. Yes. And that I know very well. Yes. I had forgotten that, Miss Lynette. Yes. And I was lying to them, making excuses. One of them even came here in Tallahassee to see where I was living. To tell everybody else to humiliate me. Yeah, that's what people do to you. Yeah, they'll try to humiliate you. If I have to tell you the life I've lived, the struggles I've been through, you'll ask yourself, how did I make it? Look, I am what I am by the grace of God. <laughs> oh, by the grace of God. By, and, and I know that. It is not because of any of my doing. I'm bold in the grace of God. In the grace of God. In God's favor. <laughs> and so I didn't and was lying and one day the Holy Ghost said to me when are you going to stop lying so your ministry could move forward yeah and the next time they called they called me I said truth time they said what are you talking about I said I said I fell out of school God told me go preach and quietness on the other side so you didn't get no I didn't get, uh, the, the scholarship fell, uh, headed south, everything changed, and, and, and they said, so you, I, and, and the guy said, so, so, so you mean to tell me all these years you've been lying? And I said, yes. I'm sorry. You're talking about hitting rock bottom. This is a man with a PhD. We all thought we were on the world, on, on the world. I lied to them for years. <laughs> Glory be to Jesus. But after 20 years, after 20 years, what's the, what's the church name in, 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 in Jacksonville? Sorry, I forgot. St. Thomas University in Jacksonville. They were looking for people. There are people looking at, uh, they said, they're looking for people who started from nowhere. Mm -hmm. and call and ask about my story and the man said pastor I'm going to talk to the board of regents of that school 
He said, your story is exceptional. He said, Pastor, you've been in ministry for 20, 25 years. He said, that's more than a PhD. <laughs> oh, glory be to God. Talk about rerouting and giving you the yes, the canker who must eat. <laughs> glory be to God he called back and said pastor you're a PhD candidate and I said excuse me he said I'm telling you in words but the documents are coming never believed him you know sometimes you, you don't understand where I've been from never believed him when I saw the documents I, I opened the documents and I sat on the chair almost fell back in the office and the tears began to roll down my eyes and God began talking to me Isaiah 55 11 so shall my word never return void people are telling me that years ago had said to me had said that to me and it took 25 years for it to turn around God's would never return void brothers and sisters I'm here to tell you that some things will prophesy to you Hold on to it. Hold on to it. Especially if you know it's from God. Hold on to it. Because if you do not, one day, God is going to ask you to give an account. Father, we give you praise. We give you glory. Please take time to meditate on the word and let it sink into your heart and soul and mind today. Knowing that the Christian who meditates on the Word will be like a tree planted by the water, bringing forth fruit in its season and prospering in all that he does. But what if you aren't a Christian today? What if you don't know if you're bound for heaven as a forgiven child of God? If that's you, then let's take care of it right now if you're ready. Do you believe that Jesus died for your sins? Are you ready to be forgiven of your sins and washed clean and made new? Are you ready to begin your new life in Christ? Then turn to God right now and say, Lord, I love you. I need you. I repent of my sins. Lord, please forgive me and wash me clean. I receive your forgiveness right now as I put my faith in Jesus as my Savior. God, please lead me and teach me and show me how to live from now on. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And if you're looking for a good church family, you'll be welcomed with open arms at Imitators of God Ministries, Colossal Vivacious Church in Tallahassee, located at 4750 Capital Circle Southeast near Tram Road. Sunday school begins for all ages at 10 a.m. and the morning service begins at 11. And the Wednesday evening service begins at 7. This is a life-giving, multicultural, multi-generational church where people of all races, backgrounds, and walks of life come together to worship, to be inspired in their love for God, to develop relationships, and to be empowered to live out God's purpose for their lives. Find more information on their website, imitatorsofgodministries.com, or call the church, 850-408-8496.